Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fighting the Good Fight podcast, the show that highlights the good, the bad, and the ugly truths of the education system in America from my own personal experiences. My name is Tiana, and I am your host. The content on this podcast is my opinion and experiences as a Black woman educator. If you would like to learn more about this podcast and content related to it, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, Fighting the Good Fight 45, and visit the websites in the description box below to learn more. In today's episode titled, Pockets of Success, I am going to share with you my experience with evidence-based practices that prove positive results in school communities. At the end of the episode, I will leave you with words of encouragement to continue fighting the good fight, so be sure to listen all the way till the end. Let's go! Marshall is the best school. Um, I really liked it. We had fun literally every day. It was like, and man, Miss Waddell was just like the best principal, honestly, because she just, she made sure everybody was successful. And I really liked that about her. She cared about her students. <laughs> it's no secret that there are many challenges facing the public school system in America. Challenges such as school funding, school safety, teacher burnout, behavioral and academic disparities, and much more. It seems that public schools have been under attack since I first stepped into the classroom. Shortly after I graduated high school, school districts began focusing on school accountability and ensuring that they meet yearly goals to avoid state consequences. There has always been a lot of pressure on school leaders, teachers, and students to prove their academic worth through test scores, even though researchers have found that income greatly impacts a student's performance on standardized tests. According to the October 3, 2019 CNBC report, rich students get better SAT scores. Here's why. The campaign article School Accountability Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow dated October 24, 2022 states, results-based school accountability has been the linchpin of education reform in the United States for at least two decades. These kinds of results-based accountability measures have been the focus of federal K-12 education policy since passage of the Improving America School Act in 1994, and that policy has had teeth since No Child Left Behind was signed into law in 2002 and reworked as the Every Student Success Act in 2015. What purpose do these standardized tests serve? In the early parts of my career, I experienced school cultures that put very little focus on the whole child and their experience at school in its entirety. At the time, I described the whole child as the physical, mental, spiritual, emotional well-being of the child and ensuring that they have a positive, inclusive experience at school. School is more than just about test scores. Schools are a microcosm of the real world. Schools are places where we can practice how to live together as one and accept each other for who we are in our entirety. Schools are a place to embrace our common humanity. 
Schools should be designed to, with the support of the entire village, foster whole global citizens that contribute to our society and make it a place for all to live and prosper. As a classroom teacher and an administrator, I always placed intentional efforts into the whole child and their school experience, including social-emotional, physical, creative, and cognitive capacities. In addition, intentional efforts to ensure the staff felt whole at the workplace too. As the September 30th, 2021 McKinsey article states, this time it's personal, shaping the new possible through employee experience. It reports that research shows that people who report having a positive employee experience have 16 times the engagement level of employees with a negative experience and that they are eight times more likely to want to stay at a company. Having positive teacher retention rates is key to student and school success. Recognizing staff, witnessing their struggles, and giving them the resources they need to do their job effectively were key elements that proved higher teacher retention rates in the buildings that I led. Recognizing our common humanity pays off. It was May of 2012 when my principal received a call from the State Department to inform us that we earned an A on our state accountability report. We were elated and excited that all of our hard work for the year had paid off. We were labeled a failing school, and in one year, we were able to change that F to an A. How did we do it, you may ask? With consistency, transparency, and accountability. Strategies such as building authentic teacher and student relationships, utilizing common formative assessments to monitor student progress on state standards, monthly administrative data meetings with teachers, frequent celebratory events for students that showed success on formative and summative assessments, consistent praise of students and staff for their efforts, frequent communication with families about school functions and happenings, differentiated instructional practices, fluid intervention groups, tiered behavioral support groups, and consistent coaching cycles with teachers on their instructional practices. These evidence-based strategies were effective, with the most important one being building authentic teacher and student relationships and making this the norm in our school community. When the students truly felt the staff cared about their success, them as a person, and established trust for the school staff, then student engagement increased and students realized their full potential, which showed up in the academic data. Recognizing our common humanity, paid off. During the spring of 2016, my second year of leadership at the middle school, our school was awarded a Promising Practice Award from Character.org for our efforts in changing our school culture. Our students and staff worked diligently together for the last two years to rebuild our middle school's culture. The implementation of Character.org's 11 principles and restorative justice approaches changed the trajectory of our school. I will never forget when many students began requesting our restorative justice coordinator to help them solve problems because they respected our school community and each other enough to avoid physical altercations. We had consistently implemented these approaches and they proved positive results with physical violence decreasing significantly in our school, which had been a long-standing issue. As I continued to lead in the ensuing years, there were several occasions where I witnessed effective teaching and learning practices and students showed at least a year and a half or more of growth from the beginning of the year to the end of the year due to the tremendous efforts made by the classroom teachers. 
Efforts included going above and beyond for students by intentionally planning lessons, differentiating instructional approaches, setting goals with students, and witnessing their struggles while helping them solve problems. These approaches were just a few ways to impact student achievement. Schools should be a place of fun and excitement for students. Students' eyes should beam with joy and hope when they are fully supported by the adults in their life. I have several memories of students being excited about their school experience and the relationships they were building at school. Memories of students fully being engaged with the school initiatives, embracing them for the success of our school. Memories of students organizing performances for school events. Memories of students walking in the hallway determined to get to class on time because they didn't want to face the consequences of being late. To memories of students holding a large circle at the end of a championship football game to honor a student that they had recently lost to gun violence. Memories of students' eyes lighting up because they were simply happy to be at school. Memories of earning community and state awards because the children and teachers were supported and engaged in the learning process and the success of the school. Lots of memories of pockets of success. And again, these moments happen because the adults in the school community recognized the whole child and created an environment for them to flourish. The adults in the community ensured they remembered who we were all fighting for, and that was for the child. We removed all adult barriers that we had control over and did what was best for the children. Let me leave you with this. My beautiful women in leadership that are determined, pure, resilient, authentic, and caring. Success is defined by you. Live true to yourself and do what's best for humanity. Take care of yourself first so you can take care of the people you serve on a daily basis. Bring peace and happiness to your environment. Improve positive results by building authentic, caring relationships with other human beings, especially the children. Listen to all of your stakeholders and respond to their needs. Until next time, thank you to the listening audience for checking out the Fighting the Good Fight podcast and tune in to the final episode affirmations and rituals where I will share ways I stay grounded in this traumatic society that we live in. If you have a story you'd like to share, please feel free to drop a comment below or email me at fightingthegoodfight45 at gmail.com to have your story referenced on the show. Thank you.